0: I'm Jeff Wright, and welcome to the Blame to Fame podcast. As an entrepreneur, I have not only built an extremely successful business from scratch, but also employed thousands of men and women and helped them on their path to financial freedom. One of the most common themes for me and everyone else who has succeeded is that we never blame anyone and are aware that our success or failures fall solely on our shoulders. It was not until I hit rock bottom that I realized that only I alone could change my future. And on my podcast, you're gonna hear the stories of successful folks who have gone from blame to fame in their own lives. I look forward to sharing my journey and great guests that will educate you about their path to success. Please join me each week on the Blame to Fame podcast. All right, today I have got a real treat for you. I have super coach Michael Burt from Nashville on. I've been following Coach Burt for a long time. Uh, he is Superman. He is all over social media, does live videos every day. Uh, he's an entrepreneur. He's a coach. He coached women's college basketball at one time. Um if 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 there is a, uh, if, if there's a if there's a definition of tenacity and whatnot, Coach Burt's picture should be next to it in the dictionary. Coach, thank you for coming.
1: <laughs> I, I'm starting as I get older that I know that's a good thing, the tenacity, but as I get older, I'm, I'm always asking, is there is there a better way to do this than yeah, than what yeah. I'm doing it. And 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 you know, part of me is like, no, this is there is no shortcut. The price the price must be paid and the process must be followed. Uh, but uh, obviously I think as you, as you're always looking to do it better than the way you're currently doing it.
0: Yeah. And I can tell you, cause I think I'm probably about 10 years older than you are. It's not going to get any better with age brother. Believe yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not going to, but, um, so you, you coach people all over the country for all, all different types of industries, insurance, real estate. Uh, it, you know, most of these people are in sales. And what, what do you really think is the biggest problem you see with most salespeople out there? Just confidence, boldness to
1: ask another person for something without fear of rejection or embarrassment. Uh, in today's world, it's kind of a lost art of selling. Jeff, to be honest with you, nobody wants to call people. Nobody wants to follow up. Nobody wants to initiate a conversation. And if they have any sense of, you know, hint of rejection or a, a bad day, man, they don't have the grit and toughness and resilience. And you know, obviously, with the new book out, they don't have the prey drive that it really takes to be great. And so I'm because I'm a former basketball coach. I'm I'm very t- you know, I have a system, I, I have a way to I explain my value, I create products and services that solve problems, I have a conviction that I help people, and I've kind of removed the fear of any hesitation or consideration of asking another person to take action on something that I believe in. And so this is really makes for what I coach a lot of people on, right, that have all these challenges
0: yeah, I, I love the concept of pre-drive, and and I know when you and I met a few years ago, uh, you were just coming out with the with with the brand, and 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 yep. you had written the book on pre-drive. But uh, I think you told me you discovered you had that a long time ago, and I think everybody has it, but um, uh, a lot of people maybe don't even know what it is or or, or how to how to tap into it. Most people don't don't know how
1: to, what it is or to tap into it. And it's, it's, it's basically an instinct inside of you to pursue something, right? Like an animal has a prey drive, which is the animal's ability to stalk, capture, and kill. I have associated that in, trademarked it, built a system around it. And I'm saying a human has a prey drive, p r e y, r i v e, But it is the humans to see something with the eyes, optically, in the mind, in the imagination, and the persistence and intensity to pursue it. And then I've codified it, turned it into an organizing system, debating something inside of you to really get it, to, to go get something you want. And uh, it's really kind of my own motivational theory. After 31 years of coaching people, there are 20 motivational theories out there. Mine would be considered a motivational theory on activating drive inside of a person to pursue, sell more insurance, sell more coaching, sell more this, pursue a dream, something to fruition, up on a deal—that is really prey drive.
0: Well, I think I think everybody has it in them, and I've often wondered because I've traveled all over the world and I've taken some crazy trips and I've seen, I've experienced some things to where. I think it's really a very fine line. It's finer than what most people think between someone being the quote unquote normal person and having just the slightest of circumstances hit them to turn them into an animal. Uh, We were my wife and I, who you've met, we were uh, on top of the Fox glacier on the South Island of New Zealand about three years ago. And we flew up on top. We flew up top on a helicopter Supposed to be the three-hour tour, like Gilligan's Island. Well, we were walking around with ice spikes. Everything was great. There's probably 40 people up there, and then a storm comes, and the helicopters mm-hmm. can't come and pick us up. So the three-hour trip turned into a 38-hour stay on top of that glacier. We had to sleep on top of it. Wow. And and uh, it's funny to talk about now. But it, it was just amazing to me, once these people saw that they couldn't get off that glacier, that they were totally powered, but, you know, had no power whatsoever, th- their instincts of survival just kicked in uh, all, almost immediately. Yep. Well,
1: that, see, that's a, great, that's a great example. I mean, that's a, that's a very vivid story. And that's why I say fear is an activator of prey drive. It's actually could be the number one activator of prey drive, fear of something, fear of loss, fear of control, fear of fear of anything. Really, that's why I say in the book, fear is your friend. Fear can be your friend. Yeah. You got a fear of losing everything you have because you didn't sell anything. You got a fear of going back to being broke and poor. You got a fear of not being able to get off the top of that mountain. Like what what it, it kicks something deep inside of you that would be more intrinsic motivation you know, prey drive is interesting. It's internal, but it's typically activated by something external. Yeah. Okay. Somebody says, Jeff, you're not any good, man. You're not that good at what it is you do. Like, and then you get then the, then the, that, act, the competition activator gets Oh, I'll show you how good I am. Like I was a coach. Right. And it's like competition was an activator of my drive. Uh fear of embarrassment was actually Jeff, a more, a bigger activator of my drive because I, I was so embarrassed when we lost back in those days, it was in the newspapers, everybody read the newspapers. So if I got beat and I was this big time coach, it was all over the newspapers and it was embarrassing and I hated losing more than I liked winning. So the, it was, it was really the fear of embarrassment that activated the prey drive to do what pursue uh practice, think, spend three, planning a two hour practice, watch film for eight hours. Like, like it created this preparation in me because man, I don't want to, you know, today I don't want to get on stage in front of 10,000 people and, and, and be embarrassed. I don't want yeah. to, you know, I, I, so, so fear, that's a great story of, of what happened to you because you saw it. I mean, you saw the prey drive in probably just regular old average people, you know, it just came out in them. It's like, man, you're yeah. a stone cold killer. <laughs> well,
0: you know, the, 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 thing about fear and uh, I, I was speaking about this in Dubai the other day is, you know, <clears throat> There's nothing wrong with fear. As you say, fear can be your friend. Yep. The, the problem is, you know, you know, fear is a natural instinct, fight or flight. Yep. The problem, though, is that people live in it, and yep. living in that fear creates doubt, and the doubt is what the killer is. That's right.
1: And if you just take action, so that's why I say a lot, when in doubt, take action. When you don't know what to do, do something. Now, there is a time in life where you, I call it retreat to attack, where you step back and and evaluate, where you reflect. But but most of the time during the day, when you're running a business, what you really need to do is to take an action. What does that action mean? Follow up with somebody, send a text message, send a video, call a strategic partner, book a flight. Just like do something that creates energy and that action creates more action. That action creates energy. And, you know, if you study motivate, that means to move. Inspire means to breathe life into. Activate actually means to initiate. And and that's what I'm trying to teach people, which is when Coach Bert's not there, when your sales manager's not standing over you, when there's no something there, how do you initiate your prey drive after you've been doing something for 31 years and you're tired and you're exhausted? So that's what I'm trying to teach people.
0: It's 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 uh, I'm it sounds like you're trying to teach people how to do what you're supposed to do when no one's looking. And that's what that's what success is. That's right.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to. teach. That's why you activate or initiate is because, listen, I've been doing this years. You've been in the business. You've been an in interest time. Right. I don't always feel like motivating people. I don't always feel like getting on a stage or traveling somewhere because I've been doing it 31 years right right it's like the artist been singing songs for 31 years it's like journey singing don't stop believing for 31 <laughs> years it's like you know they don't feel like it but that's what they make a lot of money doing the football player don't feel like getting hit on Sunday that hard they don't feel like practicing four or five days a week for four or five hours but their their desire to to achieve something or get something greater than their desire for their feelings so I say listen to their feelings and professionals do not listen to their feelings and and that's because they have the ability to say you know what no matter how day let me get it to action. i don't feel into acting i act my way into
0: feeling the uh the other night i took my wife to go see pitbull you, you yep. kind of favor him a little bit
1: uh, he's one of my heroes man i love
0: that yeah. and and you know what's funny i don't know if i know you're into music in a big way i don't know if you've ever been to a pitbull concert or not but it's yeah. like a music concert and a tony robbins event at the same time because wow. almost between every song it, there's so much inspiration that he talks about yeah. and and what he talks Love about that. is where he came from you know yeah. you know he was he was raised by by drugs you know cocaine yeah. prostitution aids all this yeah. stuff and and he didn't make it because he was the best. He made it because he was the hardest worker in the room. Yep. Well, I'm
1: going to buy tickets because I've been wanting to see him for a long time. So you can book that one. You can <laughs> book that. And you, you just sold me a ticket, sir. So I'll send you a commission. <laughs> or he should send you a commission because you just sold me a ticket to that concert.
0: Yeah. And it's just, you know, it, it, he was just, he was the hardest working guy and he didn't let anyone outwork him. And, you know, he, he, yeah. he doesn't proclaim to be the best. He just yeah. proclaims to be the hardest working.
1: Well, I think if you, this is a great point you're making because if you, if you look at, you know, I live outside of Nashville where there's lots of country music artists. Uh, Garth Brooks is is clearly not the best singer in country music, but he clearly is the best person who connects with an audience. Okay, so his real skill always, always, this is kind of a trick question I ask people: What is Garth's real skill? And people say performing, and I, and I say yes, entertaining, but his real skill is connection yeah like pit bull like you just said it pit bull's real skill is inspiring and energy and bring it all together into one thing see that's a real skill that transcends just a person who can sing because a lot of people can sing but they may not be able to pull those two things off together like i don't typically get inspired when i go to a concert uh, that's a different thing. That's not, that's a novelty. I typically go, they've seen good songs and you have fun, you have a drink or whatever the case may be, but it, you don't walk out of there going, man, I'm inspired to go do something
0: bigger. We took a couple with us and the guy, uh, my, my friend that I took hates that kind of music. He, he only went because his wife wanted him to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he's close to being a billionaire. Yep. he never, he didn't know one Pitbull song and when we left he had tears in his eyes wow that's awesome he said he said that was the most inspiring thing i'd ever seen in my life yeah 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 and and th- that uh, who knew that he would make that kind of connection at a rap concert but he did
1: yeah yeah well i think sometimes when you you know i went to see imagine dragons i typically come out to imagine dragons and they you know they got mm-hmm. so thunder got a theme to it I, I was sitting up in the you know I was once sitting up there in the stands now I'm down on the stage now you're watching me on the, you know what I'm saying it's got a it's got a right. theme to it so that's what I came out to when I spoke at 10x and then it kind of became my my theme song you know when I when I go speak places but same thing with true with them I didn't want to go one of my clients had a box he wanted me to go I was kind of guilted into going I finally said yes and I was like damn these guys are good I'm like 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 I got there and I was like this is like like it's been a long time since i've seen somebody perform at that level so i think sometimes that's a good thing man you, you know you, you you get you expose you get exposed to something and it's like like we were talking about going to dubai i've never been to dubai i yeah. see pictures of it but but i don't know what it's like until i go there and i experience it and i'm open see i'm open this is a big lesson for a lot of people watching this is i'm hungry i'm humble and i'm coachable you know, if you tell me things I'm like, okay, you know, I'm coachable. I'm not closed off to things. And if there's a better way, I'm open to the better way. I, I'm I'm hundred percent open to it. And, and that's really where a person's got to start. if They want to get better.
0: They do. And, and, and they have to, they have to experience things for themselves. Yep. Like my friend Ron who never experienced a pit bull concert, you know, he, he experienced that or like, like going to Dubai, I could tell you, anything and everything about going there and then you can talk to your neighbors, you know, out in the sticks of Tennessee. And most of them are going to tell you, don't go over there. They'll cut your damn hands off. They'll do the, you know, you'll, you'll you won't know until you go. That's what they told me. It's so funny because they told they
1: you. Told. They said, "They said." I think it was Brad Lee who told me that. Brad Lee's like, "Man, I don't know about to go over there, man. A lot of get killed over there." I'm like, <laughs> "I don't. I think it's safe, Brad. I may be wrong, but I think it
0: is." Yeah, it's very safe. It's it's <laughs> it's probably. Uh, I guarantee you, it's safer than any place in America. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. All right, I'm I'm going there too. So you've sold me on two things already today. Yeah, but. Yeah, the, the, the thing is coach is is that how how do you dispel beliefs in people because you know the all this shit has been driven into them uh you know you're, you're not good enough, you're not good looking enough you' you know you're not smart enough or or even don't experience this because this is going to happen when in fact the people that are telling them that uh a, are really describing themselves and B, they've never experienced what they're giving advice on in the first place. See it all the time.
1: I saw this first when I bought a, you know, when I, when I bought a jet in 2017 and people told me not to do it. And I'm like, and, and you know, this and this and this. And I said, man, do you want, have you ever bought a jet? <laughs> do you, do you, do you know the, the this financing of jets? Do you know how much it costs? Do you know how much I traveled? Do you know, what if I could do two engagements in one day? What if I... What if I got family and the nannies and assistants? And what if... You know, like, like, like they didn't know. And I'm like, well, I'm not really taking advice. And this actually happened to me. I was telling my buddy one day. I was asking my best friend something, who was a real estate uh, agent who's done very well. And um, I said, "Man, what do you think I should do about this?" And he stopped me and he said, "Do you make a lot more money than me?" <laughs> and I said, "Yes." And he said, "Well, then, why the hell are you asking me?" Because I, I clearly don't know how to do it. You don't even need to be asking me that question. And I thought that was taking awareness on his part. He's like, I'm, I'm not qualified to help you with that. But that's yeah. what people do. They get advice from people, broke financial advisors, out of shape doctors, coaches that, that, that don't earn any income. That's what they do. They go to people and get advice from people who've never done anything.
0: Yeah. And I always say, if you want to grow in anything, You, 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 you got to go to the, to the guy who's either at or above the level where you want to be. hundred percent. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like you go to the gym. I see your Facebook lives. You go to, you go to the gym every day. I go every day. And a lot of people, you know, you, you see the roided up meathead that's in there. That's like intimidating everybody. But if you just walk up and talk to him, he's probably the nicest guy in the room. Um, but but people, people get intimidated to go to that guy to ask him anything when it's, right. it's, it's just their own fears. Nine and a half times out of ten, they go talk to this guy, and the guy's going to give them great advice and, and going to be happy to give it because that guy was at one point in his life where they are now.
1: Yeah. Well, you're most qualified to help who you used to be. Yeah. Right. I mean, I used to be a high school basketball coach. Um, you know, I used to be this and this and this. And so, you know, I'm qualified to go back and give some counsel and advice to those people. What's funny though, Jeff, is I wrote a book after I won a championship called The Anatomy of Winning. This is many books ago. We couldn't sell that book to coaches for anything. There's something about being a competitor to people and writing a book in the space that they just couldn't get their mind around. Why would I get to buy a book from him? Although he's beating me. Yeah. Although he's dominated me for for, for the last six years. I'm not buying a book to learn how he did it. And this is, again, you know, Sullivan always said, you know, when you're really becoming good, when your greatest competitors are also buying your services. Yeah. You know, and and they're and they're also in the room trying to learn how did you do it? How did you do it?
0: You know uh, that made me think. Now this really dates me a, a lot, but you remember you remember the movie Patton about yes. General Patton. Yep, and he was going up against General Rommel, who was who was Germany's. Uh, yep. He beat he beat him he beat Rommel by reading Rommel's book. Yep,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and was, you know, and, and so so there's some truth, maybe not to give. You know, I used to go to these big coaching clinics when I was a basketball coach and it was Tubby Smith and Rick Pitino and um, you know, all these top coaches, John Calipari and and they never would tell you anything. It's like, you would go and you'd pay this money and it'd be like, okay, I mean, I saw Tubby Smith teach us how to do a defensive stance for two hours. I was so mad. I'm like, man, <laughs> you're friggin' at Kentucky. You're making 4 million a year and you, for two hours you taught us how to do a defensive stance how did you get there? How did you get to Kentucky? How do you win games? How do you handle the pressure at Kentucky? What is your strategy? How do you hire staff? That's what I wanted to know. And it was some young up and coming coach that I would leave those planning going. Now that dude was good. Mm -hmm. That dude told me how he's doing it. Everybody else was scared to share their secrets. They didn't want to share anything because of that reason. And so I guess I understand it, but you know, many times if they know it, they still can't do it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, that that's that's the thing. A, a lot of people. A, uh, I, I really I really think that 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 coaches and whatnot should should tell everything they know, because at the end of the day, most of the people that they tell it to aren't going to apply it or yeah. they're not going to have the will to do it or or even the 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 uh, at the end of the day, I forget what the word I want to use. But at the end of the day, most of them are just too lazy yeah. to do it.
1: Yeah, probably probably about five percent is a number I've seen before is that less than five percent of people will ever go do one thing you tell them to do.
0: Yeah.
1: It doesn't mean they won't pay to learn it. Right. they Just do not have the 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 grid and resilience to to, to go do it. And, you know, the coaching world has made a with people who go to things and get motivated and don't do anything with it you know and so so it's like but but the, the top performers go get a concept they go get an idea they go get a strategy they go learn do it and then they go get it into motion
0: my assistant and if she hears me say this she's going to kill me uh my my assistant was she will sit at a computer staring at it for hours to get a ticket to buy to, to buy a ticket to go see Joe Dispenza, <laughs> okay, yeah. yep. I mean his his deals sell out in minutes. Wow. I think she's going to one in Mexico this summer. Okay. 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 Since I've known her, this is like her tenth or twelfth one. Wow. And and I ask her, do they really do anything different in any of these? Well, no, not really. Well. well <laughs> and and when you go when you have coaching events do you see the same people over and oh, over yeah. again oh yeah. yeah yeah i mean that's good for business but i mean you know yeah that's what's paying for that jet you have for sure yeah. Yeah. But, but 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 how does that make you feel when you see that do you ever wonder gee am i not getting through to these people or or uh, or, or 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 do you well, s- like wow what some people are professional you know seminar
1: junkies And that's what they do. They go and they learn. Now, now let's compare that because some people are interested in mastery. And if you study mastery, I mean, Robert Book, Robert Green wrote the best book on mastery, I think, which is where he talks about all these great people. And what they really did is they studied under a master for four to seven years. Mm -hmm. And then they they practiced what they saw the master do for four to seven years. And then they became a master. And I do see that. With some of my top students, I always tell people, people earning over 500000 a year in personal income with me, uh, anywhere from 500000 to $10 million, they have been with me for a while, typically, and they, they have learned it, mastered it, and they're typically using it. This is what most of them say to me, you, you turned me into a great coach, so now I'm duplicating it. See now, I'm, I'm a better coach to my real estate team. I'm a better coach to my insurance team. I'm a better like what you really did. That's really one of my skill sets is taking and turn them into great coaches. Okay, you know, and that's where the scale comes in with some of them.
0: That that I understand the the junkies though, and and there yeah. there there are junkies. Oh my god, I what wonder how doing, many junkies. If you do
1: this long enough, there's there, there's junkies, there's grease, there's like like I've seen everything you can see. OK, and I mean, it's like there's certain people that that's what they do, man. That's just that's just what they do. They go they go to these conferences and they and now I flew, you know, having said that I remember seeing Wayne Dyer. I was in a theater and 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 it really touched me emotionally and he was doing a, a live speaking engagement. They simulcasted it in the theaters around the world and I saw it and I go, I got to go meet that dude. Like more than anything, I just want to shake his hand and thank him. Right. I literally booked a flight that night. I flew to Puerto Rico. He was on a cruise. He was getting off a cruise ship. He was going to do an evening in Puerto Rico. And the woman at the front said, man, you must really want to meet Dr. Dyer because you're the only person who came this far. You know, Puerto right. Rico is part of the United States, but I was the only person that came from the States over here, over there. She said, everybody else is Rico. And I said, man, I felt inspired and compelled to meet the dude and shake his hand and look him in the eye and thank him for, for, for he, he helped me during a real rough time. And so I did that with Covey. I did it with Dyer. I did it with people who, who I said, man, I just want to see them for 10 minutes. Right. I just want to talk to them and then sit there and, you know, kind of absorb what they've been teaching.
0: Well, I, I have to tell you, I'm guilty of that, too. I, um, you know, when, you know, back a couple of years ago when everything was locked down, uh, we had to basically reinvent our business overnight to teach people to sell over the phone and whatnot and the uh i'm gonna give you the kudos here because a lot of the videos a a lot of the stuff that i learned was was just you know watching the videos that you were doing um the ones brad lee was doing and whatnot and they actually provided me with a hell of a lot of guidance as to when i started doing these zoom calls uh you know you know how to how to guide these people and when i saw the event that you had in vegas a few years ago with brad uh, you know, I bought, cause I, I wanted to meet you and shake your hand and thank you. And, and, yep. and Brad, yep. uh, because uh, you know, I, I, you know, I told, uh, I, I specifically told Brad this, if I didn't tell you th- this, then I'll, I will tell you now, I'm grateful for the work that both of you did that, that you continue to do. Um, and uh, you really are making a difference in people's lives because you both made a tremendous difference in mind. Yep. The uh, the uh, you know, the funny thing is, is when all this happened, um, my head people called me up and, you know, we couldn't go see anyone. Everything was locked up. And, you know, they we, we got on a Zoom call and they asked me, they said, what are we going to do? And I said, I'm o- I'm only going to say this one time. If I ever hear you say this, you're fired. I don't know. Yeah, I said, but you know what? I'm going to know real quick because if we told people, if we told all of our agents and whatnot, I don't know. Yeah. We would have had a panic on our hand. So, so I had to know even when I didn't know. And most of the time I didn't know, but I know now.
1: Well, and that, that mindset, you know, I go back to March of 2020 and uh, man, I was losing a quarter of a million a month during the pandemic. Because there was no speaking engagements. Right. And that's the way I drive leads. That's the way people know me. That's sign up for my coaching. So I was forced to get into the virtual business. And that's something I had never done. Now, we've done two and a half million in virtuals. I've done, I've done five virtuals over the last year. We've done over two and a half million in sales through the virtual events. And that's a whole business line that I wasn't doing before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Right. right? It's a whole new way to generate income. It's a whole new way for me not to get to get on a plane. It's a whole new way for me not to be away from my kids. It's a whole So but it, it came really out of a period where I went home one night. And like I said, our sales numbers plummeted. All my speaking engagements were canceled. I couldn't drive leads. I was doing eight free zooms a day just to try to generate leads in business. I was miserable. And I went home and told my wife when I said, Man, we're not going, I'm not going out like this. I'm going to find a way to win. So as long as you have that mindset is it's going to be a fight, but we're going to find a way to win. And knowing that you have the confidence to create you in any market, no matter if the market we're in now, knowing that knowing as long as there's problems and as long as there are ambitions, there's always ways to generate income.
0: Yeah. I'm a firm believer, coach, that in nearly every problem, every adversity that we have there's an opportunity in there. You 100%. just, you just have to look for it.
1: Yeah. hundred percent.
0: Yeah. I I've had, I've had so many problems, you know, so many things beyond my control happen to me in my life with my business and whatnot yeah. that I am so grateful for because I would not be where I am now without them. Yeah, that's right. They force you to get better. If you look at it the right way, it yeah. forces you to level up and get better. Because imagine, imagine now, if you if, if none of this would have happened uh, you wouldn't be doing virtual stuff now probably you'd still be tearing the skies up flying around.
1: I used to go to Houston and coach six six different companies in two days in person. Wow I would, I, Houston's a big place yeah so I would coach one starting at 8 a.m for an hour the managers of this company leave there drive an hour to the next place because Houston's big traffic stress ball sandwich. I would get home. I would be so mad and irritable. And my wife would say, I know, I know when you've been to Houston, because it was just the pure stress of coaching six different companies, their problems right, in person, traveling to Houston, you know, so uh, I don't, I don't love the zoom cause I'm such a live person. So we've like, we're building out studios for me so I can walk in and coach and see everybody. Sure. But it is a new way to generate income.
0: But you're, you know, you're, you're, you're so active. Like I said, you're. I, I, I see you. I see you every morning on Facebook doing the lives and whatnot. You're running around. Uh, you're like the Energizer Bunny, man. I mean, how, how do you stay full of piss and vinegar like that twenty four seven? Man, it's just
1: how it's hardwired. I don't know any other way. And my wife said to me one day because I said I'm gonna slow down and you know do this and do this and she said I don't think you know how to do that yeah I I was a coach and because of that background some people show up and some people until the job's done and I came from a world that we showed up at 6 30 in the morning and stayed till midnight and then we went home and watched film I mean it's I mean that's the world I came from so to me when I got into the business world I'm like man nobody's got a work ethic nobody's committed to anything nobody sees it through there's no right but a lot of that was was instilled in me very early in life by a, I was very conditioned early life from a from a real tough single mom with a very strong work ethic and that has served me very well in life
0: yeah you know it, it it's it's amazing um so many you you know what <clears throat> uh you know what i would tell anybody to do i've actually i've actually advised a couple of younger people to do this they're thinking about going to college and i said you know you should wait on that and instead spend a year or two and go live in another country you know go mm. to dubai or or go to costa rica go anywhere and 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 learn another language which you know learn spanish or learn whatever because that's so valuable but you know what the biggest the biggest lesson when they come back will be they will, after being out of this country for a couple of years, when they come back, they will see the opportunities that they've been blind to their whole time. And the reason I say this, you met my wife. She's from the Soviet Union. Yep. And and you should hear her talk about when she came here 22 years ago, how her mind was blown when she walked into her first piggly wiggly grocery store. Wow Of course now she wouldn't drive anywhere near one but <laughs> but then you know you know it, yeah and, and and the thing is though, it, is is that there's so much opportunity you know that's one reason why the immigrants do so well here yeah 100%. It's because they see all this opportunity that they've never seen before, never heard of before, never had the opportunity to to jump on anything like like they do and they're dude, they're all over it. They're all they're they're all over it and and people here get pissed off because they're doing well. Well, it's because you're lazy and they're not. Yeah. At at the end of the day. Yeah, they they lack that, they lack the prey
1: drive that is instilled in a lot of immigrants because of what they're exposed to and what they see. And and you know, I just had a TikTok video that we put out the other day about I was on Bradley's show this maybe a year or two ago. And I said, the biggest fight in America is a fight against complacency. Yeah. And, and, and it is a fight because it's such an epidemic of and complacency is settling, gradual settling to a place of medi- mediocrity and mediocre means halfway up the mountain. And, and I was like, man, I, I saw that in a team, digital team, I said, boost that one. Like, like, like put some money behind that one because that one, that one is, yeah. is, is why I wrote the book, Flip the Switch. I think it was my lead or somebody who endorsed the book who said, what? What problem does the book solve? And I said the problem of complacency.
0: So, is the book out now? Yeah, the
1: the book Flip Switch. Yep, book's out. Big thick, big big boy. Big biggest book I've ever written. Uh, It's been on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. Uh, First book I've ever had on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list in the top twenty on the Wall Street Journal.
0: Congratulations. which
1: Which is a big win. Uh, cause that ain't easy to do, man. Uh, and, it, and you've written a book. So, you know, you know, it, it, like, like I tell people, you know, tr- go try to sell 10,000 units of a book or 20,000 units of a book and see how hard that is. And, um, so I'm real proud of it because it's kind of my life's work. Um, and it, and it's so more copies than any book I've ever had. It's got, it's, it's, it's been really, really good for me.
0: Now I've only written one. How many have you written 20? That's number 17. Number 17. Wow. Yeah. You got ideas in your head for another one?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I do. And, you know, uh, I, I, uh, there's a big question I'm asking myself, though, and that is what problem do I want to solve? Because I own a coaching business, and when you write a book, the people who read the book are compelled to do something. And so it's really a philosophical question of what do I want them to do? And, and you know, I'm kind of moving into a space, too, Jeff, where I'm becoming a, a coach of coaches, Like I got a whole lodge full of people here who want to be a coach. I just finished the Michael Birch School speaking, coaching, and writing this week. Where, where it's just because I've been doing this so long, people want to know what are the what are the shortcuts? How do I do this? How do I sign a publishing deal? How do I get on a stage? How do I make money from coaching? How do I do two and a half million in virtuals? How do I, you know? So it's like I'm really becoming a coach to people who want to speak and coach, and I really I'm I'm really enjoying that. So the reason I'm, I'm waiting on my next book deal is, is a, I'm trying to decide what problem I want to solve. Is it for coaches or is there a bigger problem that I want to solve as it relates to purpose or calling or because in in some kind of crazy way, I'm also helping people find that locate their purpose and their calling in life.
0: Yeah, that's, that's great. Cause, uh, I'm sure when you do that, a lot of people will just kind of go, oh shit, I never thought of that. Yeah, I never. And sometimes it takes a, an extra set of eyes and ears to to objectively stand from above and, and, and say, 100%. this is what we're looking at. You know, this yeah. is what you're trying to say to me. Yet they don't even know that they're trying to say that to you, that that yeah. thought or ideas never occurred to them. Yeah,
1: 100
0: yeah. percent. Yeah. So, you, you know you know, talking about fear and I know you, you, uh, you came from humble beginnings. Like I did, you, you came, uh, uh, you have had a single mom. Um, I, I did, I, both of my parents were, were a lot, you know, were together when, when I was a kid, but they were gone a lot, worked a lot. So I was pretty much raised by a, a couple of nannies. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, and I came from a small town in Georgia like you did in Tennessee and you, you know what my biggest driver is? What my biggest fear is even to this day? What's that? It's not, not to go back where I came from. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big driver. I think about that all the time. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think once you're exposed, you know, I wrote a book called Small Towns and Big Dreams many years ago. And I always joke and say we didn't sell many copies because a lot of people in small towns don't have big dreams. <laughs> and, yes. uh, and uh, But some people do. And once they get out in the world, they're kind of ostracized. They're, they're, they're ostracized many times by the people in the small town. Or they're celebrated. Like, man, you did something big. Congratulations. Or yeah. it's like, oh, who do you, you know, think you are? You, you, you kind of r- rose above your raising. You know, so it's interesting when I go back to my hometown, how people treat me. Some people are excited for me. Some people won't speak to me. Some people I went to high school with won't talk to me. Yeah. And um, they really love when I got that private jet. And uh, that, that was, that was like, all right, he's gone a little too far now. Uh, isn't that
0: the but, ultimate F you to the world? The the
1: coolest part for me is being on there by myself. I think that's yeah. when I, I don't ever think I've made it to, to, to anything. Uh, but, but there's times that I'm on there by myself going somewhere. And I'm like, now this is, this is cool. There's this something is, about
0: this, that, isn't it? Yeah,
1: there's. You worked hard. I don't have. I, th- I have moments of happiness, moments of enjoyment, moments where I like, man, now this is cool. I'm sitting. In- I'm sitting in a- here looking at at a jet. I'm about to get on by myself and fly somewhere. I'm going to do something I love doing. I'm going to help people in a big way. I'm like, man, this is. I don't have a lot of those moments where I take time to do that, but but when I do, it's like you know, I'm here at my lodge. You know, I don't know if you've been here to my lot. Have you-
0: I, I haven't. Lodge? I, not yet. I want to.
1: So I got this beautiful 8,000-square-foot lodge here in Tennessee that, that we've designed and redesigned, and I, man, people love it. I love it. It's 15 minutes from my house. So I code the day, and to people who all want to be here, they've all paid good money to be here. Mm-hmm. So it's like good people. And then I get to go home and play with my kids, you know. I'm out of yeah, here at 5 o'clock, right. and I go home, and, and it's just a, it's, it's, it's a cool thing.
0: I know, I know what you're saying about the Jet. I don't own a Jet, but, but I do charter them quite often. <laughs> Yep. And th- th- there's just something about taking off when you're by yourself from, you know, from the Naples airport, which Naples yep. is beautiful anyway, and, and you go out over the Gulf of Mexico and then it, then it heads north and, you know, you're traveling up the whole coast of Florida, you know, Sarasota, Tampa, all that. Wow. And you're, you're sitting there and, and it's like you own the world almost. Yeah, It's just yeah. like you're the only person that exists. It, it's the greatest it's, feeling in the world. That's right. And if people could experience that feeling, see, I experienced that
1: feeling years ago when I had a problem. I was booked in two places to speak Miami and Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi. And I couldn't make it. And I told my assistant, she told me I couldn't do both events. She said, pick an event you want to do. And I'm like, well, Miami. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if I got to go to Miami or Mississippi, I'm going to Miami. And uh, and then I called her back like three hours. later. I said, no, no, no. I thought about that. Just book me a book, book me a private jet. And it floored her. She's like, we can't afford that. It's my first year in business. And I said, I'll figure it out. Just book it. She called me back. She says $20,000. And I said, okay, book it. And I sold five spots to go with me at five grand a person. And they paid for the jet.
0: There you go. Yep.
1: They, they, they went with me. They had a blast. We, I mean, that's a whirlwind day. Go all the way to Miami, yeah. speak for people in Miami. Then another thousand in Jackson, Mississippi. And they, they were all part of this day Man, they said, this is incredible. They loved it. It was a dentist. A, 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 I don't know, a real estate person. It was a wealth advisor and they like, man, this is the coolest day I've had in a long time.
0: Man. Well, you're, you're, you're better than I am because I've never help, had anyone help me pay the freight on a private jet ever.
1: <laughs> that was, that, but, but now when you, when you own it and you're doing it a lot, then you start going, I don't want people around me all the time. And, right. you know, cause I have people around me all the time and it's like, okay, I want to go by myself and do this. I don't want I don't want other people around me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I get it. I get it. Um, but it, it, it's, yeah, that, that, you know, I tell people, in fact, I put this in the book that I wrote I started flying first class when, when I couldn't afford to do it. Yep. Number one, I like the feeling of first class. Of course now it's nothing unless you fly first class on Emirates, which I did going to Dubai and that's, that's a bomb. That's awesome. But, but it's not just that you're sitting with first class people. You're sitting with, you're sitting with people that, that, that could afford to buy that. And the stuff that i learned, just sitting next to people on airplanes is priceless. When I flew back from Dubai, uh, I sat next to a billionaire hedge fund manager from New York city. I, mm-hmm. I can't, can't use his name, but yeah. really famous guy. Yeah. And he had just been to Jeddah in Saudi Arabia uh, at the F1 races. And he's showing me pictures of him and Jackie Stewart. And yeah. he's showed me all this stuff and uh, you know, and, and it, the 16 hour flight went by literally like it was 16 minutes. He's the nicest guy in the world. The advice he gave me and, and whatnot was just incredible. But if if I would have been cheap and been miserable sitting back in coach, I'd be sitting next to somebody who was be coughing and hacking the whole way. <laughs> well, people
1: don't understand but before you you know, before you, before you get your own jet or even charter jets or whatever, you know, the first step is just get up in the first class. Exactly. And that's it. And that's a different experience. And if yeah. you never, it's worth, you know, when you have a meal and you got big seats and you watch a movie and they, they, as soon as you get on the plane, they say, would you like something to drink? I mean, to me, that's a big step for people. And, and, uh, if you can get there, your mind starts changing. Then it's like, well, I don't want to go back to this.
0: Nothing it's wrong. demoralizing to go back to that.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's like, and it opens your mind and, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's like, this is better than this. This is a better experience than this. And if you fly as much as I do, because I still do fly some commercial because just the sheer economics of certain things. Oh, and, yeah. uh, you know, but, but i but, but if you fly as much as I do, you would understand why this is real important. You know, it's, it's a mental and emotional tax person when you've flown millions of miles and people get on a plane and they don't know how to, you know, they're just not that seasoned in it. So they don't know how to put their love, how to get in. And it's just it's a miserable process. If you don't know what you're doing.
0: Yeah. And the only way, uh, the only way you're going to get that experience, uh, the way anybody can get any kind of new experience is first of all, just get their ass out there and do it. That's right. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, Exactly. Well, coach, man, it has been an honor, man. Dude, this has flown by. And I know people are going to want to get a hold of you. And and you you should. You want to follow this guy, follow his social media, buy his books, go to his seminars. He 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 uh he he puts out value every single day. Um has got a great Instagram, uh, great Facebook. Um his seminars are good. I've been to one amazing. Coach, how do they get a hold of you?
1: Well, just search Coach Burt, you know, and make sure it's the right Coach Burt. There's a lot of imposters out there, especially on Instagram. Uh, But, yeah, just make sure you're following Coach Michael Burt. I do spell M-I-C-H-E-A-L. My Instagram is the one that has 40, 41,000 followers. And I'm on TikTok, LinkedIn, you know, Facebook, YouTube. I do do videos every day. Or if you want to do something with me, just just go to CoachBurt.com and email me and say, man, I I want you to speak at something. I want to partner with you on something. And I'm open. I'm open. I'm I'm open to possibilities.
0: Yeah. I remember the first time I reached out to you was just a few years ago. Um, You gave me your cell phone number. I don't know if you make that common or not, but I'm I'm, I'm like, really? I got him on the phone?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I still call people. I still talk to people. I still engage with people. I mean, you know, it's just kind of who I am as a person. And, uh, you know, I try to make things work for people in the best way I can to, to, to help them move from A to B in their life.
0: Uh, you know, you mentioned your own TikTok. I, I don't really watch the news, but I hear that uh, the government wants to shut them down, which uh, uh, I, I love TikTok. Um, uh, maybe, maybe, it's some, maybe they want to shut it down because they can't control it or something. I, I, I don't know. But do, do you get a lot of traction with that?
1: We actually get a lot of traction. I've got one TikTok that's got 1.2 million views uh it, it's where we're getting a lot of traction to be honest with you i'm growing rapidly there on on the, with the videos and so yes i mean i'm a coach so i i have concepts that i pump out that are very nice the, the cadence is nice for tiktok to package it up and let people get this one good yes yeah.
0: you know i got i got the first tiktok post i ever made i got a million views on the very first wow and uh it was a zoom call i was talking to some agents and this guy was talking about buying a boat you know we record all these things and it was just this little little short clip it i said boats are like strippers the moment the moment you quit throwing money at them they quit working (laughs) (laughs) that's that's a good tiktok video that's a good tiktok video (laughs) well coach thanks so much uh, for being on i really do appreciate it uh Uh, you're, you're, you're one of the great ones out there. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that are, that are doing, but I I see that you're, you, you, you're out living this every day and there's not a lot of guys out there doing that. So I salute you. I thank you for being on and, uh, I really enjoyed it and everybody, please give him a follow and, and you'll, you'll get a lot of value out of coach.
1: Always enjoy my time. I got to get back and do some coaching up here. Love you guys. Thank you, brother.